Hello and welcome to Marketing in Times of Recovery, the Built Environment Marketing Podcast. And I am your host, Iowa Bass from Abass Marketing. I deal with strategy, content and campaigns for built environment firms who really want to make their mark. In today's episode, my guest is the lovely Trudy Lewis, who is an internal comms consultant, exec coach and also a podcaster. I've known her since we both worked at Mace quite a few years ago. So this interview was one that I'd always thought would work really, really well. So I hope you enjoy it. We take a look at how construction firms can strengthen what they do in terms of internal comms, which, as we know, has been a very, very important part of what we do in the past 18 months. We also look at what leadership consulting entails and how it can help leaders to excel. And we also touch on podcasting and how it can help supercharge your business too. If you've liked the show, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or even better, why not share something on social media with others? It really, really, really does help us to spread the word. Anyway, I'll stop yabbering on. So let's get on with the show. Take care. Bye. So hi, Trudy. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, can you introduce yourself? So I'm Trudy Lewis and I um, run a company called Colinear. Uh, it's consulting and coaching in communications, mainly internal communications. And I've worked predominantly on engagement change and internal comms. Um, I am also a, a kind of active member of the Chartered Institute of Public Relations. I am... Uh, chartered, I'm a fellow and I'm also on the board, uh, which is due to end this year. Um, so yeah, quite involved in, yeah, I know, quite involved in the whole um, industry stuff as well as uh, my company. So what's your kind of involvement been with, I guess, construction in the built environment? Tell me a bit about that. Um, well, it's really funny. It's a, it's a kind of um, interesting journey towards that. So I'm in comms, working for rail. So I was working for TFL. Um, and then after um, moving out and working for myself, my first job within kind of contracting, working for myself was actually with Mace Group, which is where I met you. In the first place. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so my first construction role was actually with Mace. But the interesting thing about um, TFL is that there are elements of construction in there as well, yeah. as especially with maintenance. So, so the main area that I supported while I was at TFL was actually maintenance. Um, and they do similar things um, sometimes with the construction industry. And, um, and then I did um, some more work with another construction company. So I've done quite a lot within that. And within that, it has been about um the built environment and how how that's been growing and so on and has that been a mix of say coaching stuff or has that been more on the kind of consulting side for you that's all consulting comm stuff communications and what sort of kind of I guess internal projects have you taken on in those types of organizations has it been major projects change programs what types of things have you seen and done yeah it's been it's been quite a mixture so um you know, it was anything from developing the comms around the learning and development tool to yeah. um, in one of them uh, to, to looking at the behavior element of it in terms of how you're going to engage people, improve engagement within an organization. So it's an, a number of it 
a number of times it's been very closely related to that. I've done a values proposition uh, with one and, um, and and then just developing how their communication is generally um, in terms of how it's set up within the organization. So it's how you how that how the communications works with the rest works with the rest of the organization. So I've done quite a little bit about that. Um, and more recently, it was a change program um, to do with um, some technology that was being introduced into the company. So are construction companies good at communications? Because I know you've worked in different sectors as well. Um, I think I think they want to be good. Okay. I think I think there's a really strong desire to be good at it. And that's so encouraging because one of the things I would say about the, um, the, the industry is that in contrast to, say, for instance, professional services, they don't behave as if to say they know it all. Yeah. Uh, they don't, you know, and, and that's nothing on professional services. Professional services have a tendency to already have investigated many of those things. So they feel perhaps a little bit more confident of working in those uh, within communication. But I, I find that construction as an industry, they tend to be a lot more hungrier, a lot more um, conducive to advice. You know, they'll, yeah. they'll listen to what you're saying. They want to know how to do this better. Um like most organizations, they don't always get it right, but there's always a desire to get it right. And I think that's quite an encouraging thing for somebody who's a communicator and working in the industry. Do you think there's certain things that construction companies could be doing to in, improve their internal comms? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot they could do. I, I, I think one is not overthink it, you know, and <laughs> and, 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 one, and and one another is be a little bit freer uh, with themselves. It, you know, and I, I say that without, I don't want to be all woo-woo, but, you know, it's a bit like, it's a little, it's a little bit like um, uh, being open to new things. Yeah. So uh, many construction companies are very, very traditional. And so the way that they've set themselves up, the way how they've operated over time, um they're very set in their ways. They're very used to a certain way of being. And yeah. there's, to me, there's a really good opportunity to, to, to be really open and try something very, very new. Um, be a bit freer with how they communicate generally, because it'll put them in a good stead. You know, the employee just want to know where they fit in, how they, how they can make it better and, and so on and so on and so on. And sometimes by yeah. not communicating or holding back, you know, because I can't say not communicating because they do, but by holding back or shaping it a certain way, it doesn't necessarily engage people. Oh, I guess as well. It gives, it leaves it quite closed then, doesn't it? I get what you mean. It can, at times, you can yeah, it does. it's just like, and actually what people want to know is where do I fit into this? And, and you kind of really be able to kind of dig deep into it, but you're right. Quite often it's quite closed communications, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. like, this is what we're doing. And it's, it's one way quite often. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying freer, do you also mean in the types of technology they use or do you also mean, or just their messaging? I think also in, I think, Messaging is one thing, but yes, in terms of technology and how how you work with technology. So instead of in you know we've we've done a lot of hybrid working at, over the 
past year and a half, we, yeah. you know, we've done a lot of kind of isolated working. There are ways that you work with that that could be a little bit more um, open, you know, enforcing things like you've got to have your camera on and, and <laughs> got to smile. Yeah, you got to yeah. There are ways to engage, even though we are remote. And one of those ways is perhaps being a bit more spontaneous and contacting people um, beyond a meeting. <laughs> I've got quotes up. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it, things like that to be perhaps be a bit more natural around yeah. how you communicate. And I think that um, that would certainly enhance how communications is handled as it relates to technology but also exploring that it's not just about the latest tool. It's getting, it's about getting the tool that works for them. Um, So it's very easy for for you to hear, you know, you might be out out and about and you hear other peers telling you, Oh yeah, we introduced this um, fantastic tool. I won't name any. Um, And, um, (laughs) and you think, yeah, you go back and you think, well, I'm going to introduce that in my company, but the reality is no. It might not work. Yeah. I mean, I always find with tools as well, in in many respects, it's not getting new tools. It's actually, how do we just turn around and just make the best of what you've got? Well, yeah. And sometimes all you want is, you know, all your employees want is a simple conversation. They just want to see, (laughs) you know, or they just want to see you. They they want to see you as a leader standing up, telling them what's happening and so on. They don't necessarily want, need it packaged in any sort of way. Sometimes it's very simple. So when it comes to internal comms, are there kind of things that you companies should be introducing in the next year? I guess we're coming up to 2022. Are there kind of things that you think or trends that people should be kind of getting more aware of going forward? Yeah, internal comms is is an interesting one because again, as it's it's not necessarily an entity of its own, Um, companies always hear about it and think, oh, how do I incorporate that? And they have a they might they may have a comms person doing things already. Yeah. Um, they might have it within corporate comms. They might have embedded it within HR. So, but then in terms of the whole function of internal comms or the the role internal comms plays, it is critical for your organisation. It's yeah. very much a case of the internal expression of the brand. And and you know, for most of us from the industry, we feel very strongly about the fact that the brand needs to be shaped from internal and then expressed outwardly. Now, a lot of companies do it the other way around. You know, we create this external brand for the customer, but in reality, a stronger brand and, and, you know, research shows it a stronger brand is actually set up shaped through the employees and then pushed outwards. So the messaging comes from within, you know, you've got your purpose clear, you know who you are as an organization, your employees understand the part they play and, and they feel passionate about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Once you understand that, that's where the brand kind of pushes out. And so that brand narrative that you've developed for the external gets shaped by those group, by that group of people. So there is that thing of kind of, we have to have internal comms to shape that because many people think internal comms is just about an, you know, just produce us a newsletter. An internet, make my internet pretty. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but the strategic part of internal comms is what most organisations sometimes are missing. And 
um, and, and actually need to pay attention to it because it is really critical for engagement, for, for people to feel loyal and advocacy and all the rest of it. I was going to say, but I guess the, the I guess the past 18 months and the pandemic, I, mean, I guess internal comms has, has come of age, like of any of the it disciplines, has, hasn't yeah. it? Like it in has. a much bigger way than you've kind of ever seen before. And it's it's quite interesting now. It's like people are like, you can see more roles for head of head of internal comms. Mm-hmm. You can see that those teams are starting to be built out at last, isn't it? It's that, yeah. it's that discipline that's never had that kind of its own voice in a way, which is yeah. quite weird. But um, well, no, it was it was it was that thing you know we've been suddenly hit by a pandemic we can't go out we can't go to work how are you going to talk to your people you know yeah. and suddenly it's oh we'll ask internal comms to help us and fantastically you know many stepped up to to really do some hard work implement technology overnight you know <laughs> and really get things you know I'm, I, I was hugely impressed having being not one of those um communication practitioners who, who was working in that way I was hugely impressed because some of the things that they managed to do yeah. uh, really helped the organisation to keep going because I think that was the that was the challenge. You know, how are we going to keep going if we can't talk to anybody? Well, this is it, isn't it? I guess everyone's been was used to these internal comm systems that were based on the kind of people being in the office and all of a sudden they're not. And you're like, what do you mean I can't talk to all my people? It's like, well, you've never invested in these systems or processes. So they've had to do that. It's like backfill in a way, right? It's that whole yeah, thing of like, yeah, let's go yeah. back. We need to have all of this stuff in place, which may have been the bits that have missed out from your investments before, I guess. So I guess everyone's had to kind of step up on that whole thing. But yeah, internal comms people, take my hats off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Me too. Um, so the other side of what you do, you do consulting as well for execs. I mean, how does that work and what do you do? Oh, you mean coaching? <laughs> coaching. <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's okay. uh, yeah, so I do, I, I'd probably more call it leadership coaching. So I trained as an executive coach. Um, and as part of that, you know, I've created my, a model that incorporates communication simply because I really wanted, um, I, I see the power, sorry, of communication and how communication plays such a strong part in uh, us as individuals uh, developing impact and influence and also how it helps us organizationally. And I do feel that um, coaching is one of the strongest ways to help people to change, develop, grow, and so on. So, so that's how comes I do it. I'm going to say, why? Yeah. Why, um, do, you, <laughs> why do I? Why, why do, do I, you see it as one of the strongest ways for people to, to grow? Because, okay, for ages, I um, had that thing where I was like, how do people change? And I was you know, putting it towards myself as well. How do I change? How do yeah. I actually stop doing one thing and start doing another towards moving forward? And having been constantly or occasionally stuck, being stuck and not yeah. being able to move forward, it really made me explore, you know, what what is it? Is it training? Is it counselling? Is it mindset? And yeah. All is of that it kind mindset? Of yeah. And, um, and then I did some coach training and the reason why I, why I went into doing the, the actual training was just to incorporate it, was not to actually become a coach, was to incorporate <laughs> it in what I do. And when I started to do it, it was, it made such an impact on me that I, I then thought, you know what, I really want to do this uh, as well yeah. um, as what I do with consulting, because I could see how just by exploring things in a certain way, questioning, listening, um, challenging, 
it just took you to a place where you thought, yeah, actually, I'm going to take a step forward. And then through that whole experience, coming up with a strategy that works for you yeah, based on who you are, it, it just seemed like a natural thing to do. So, so that's the why. <laughs> oh, that's why it's just really interesting because I was like, well, yeah. yeah, the coaching part. It's like, but you can see it though. I guess it's that whole, like you say, the question of actually you know, making you look inwards, right? And that's kind of what it is. And actually, yeah. I mean, the answers are there. It's just kind of... Exactly. And you said it absolutely right. The fact is that we all have the answers in us. Sometimes we just need somebody to come alongside you to draw yeah. that out. Prize it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 and it's by drawing it out that it gets you unstuck. Now, if you think of somebody who's working within construction as a leader... Yeah you know, and you're having to do something new or you you want to move to the next level, you may say to yourself, oh, I'll go and do another MBA or something like that, or I'll yeah. do more qualifications. But maybe what you need is just somebody to walk you through it and to, to kind of coach you out of it. I mean, I always think in construction companies, if when you look at it and you go, you're a really, really good engineer. So you work your way through the ranks. You're an amazing technical person. And then all of a sudden you're a leader and you're expected to go out and win work, communicate, manage a huge team, deal with clients, market the business, you know, and you, this whole, it's a whole different raft you know, of skills to actually building a building or designing a building. And I always kind of think it's a very different skill set. It is totally, totally. And it's not necessarily that I have to fully understand everything you do as an engineer, but it's that I, you know, it's about that thing that, that you need somebody to come alongside you to help you navigate that new place that you're in. So if you're a a leader, as, as you just said, from an engineering background and you're, you're suddenly being asked to manage a team yeah. or you or even direct reports, you know, who, <laughs> I <hate> them. <laughs> well, you know, I, I find like, that hard. I find that really hard. Well, if you're the, the most senior person and you've got a, a leadership team that you've got to look after and then it goes down and down and down, or even if, if you're a younger leader who suddenly finds yourself in a in a place of authority how do you you know that's, yeah. that's a bit daunting and and but you don't necessarily want to admit to anybody that it is daunting do you yeah. you don't want to say oh I'm having problems figuring it out you you almost want to go away and think okay how can I yeah become sharper how can I become better and it's also I guess finding your way through isn't it and you're yeah. right about it being you it's your individual way that works for you and oh yeah you know, and it is, it's just helping people navigate actually what their strengths are, but also I guess helping them to look at a challenge in a slightly different way. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's quite interesting. And I guess if people are thinking about kind of leadership coaching, I mean, what should they be looking for in a coach? Is there something they should be doing or how do you find them? Well, I'm here. <laughs> but, but so, and my website is. Yeah. <laughs> a little plug. I'll link to it. paid for advert. Um, no, but, um, no, but to be, to be fair, and, and, and I say this to anybody, um, it's that thing of finding the right person that will work with you. Um, not everybody works well with everybody. So sometimes it's a case of almost interviewing your coach and finding you know, finding the the right type of person who can fit with your personality and how you need to coach, be coached. Yeah. And and coaches are out there. I mean, I I support a company um, 
that that specifically do coaching and we're doing some leadership coaching within an organization mm-hmm. and you know so that's one type of way to do it it embarking on a program that involves more than just your yourself sometimes is really useful because it means that you've taken your whole team with you um so so yeah there are loads of ways that you can find good coaches I think it's it's somebody who is going to understand what you really need to achieve because if they're focusing on you know because a life coach might not be the right person for your organization it might be somebody who very very specifically talks about leadership and leadership goals and and there are some that focus on you know the high performance and how you're gonna you know really become a high flyer you know there there are different yeah there are different (laughs) groups of people who um sorry different groups of coaches that actually deal with different things I mean I've done things like um worked on a collaboration tool so there's something called smart collaboration around how teams can collaborate more and as I said my focus is about um being really exceptional at communication as an individual and an organization. So it is exploring what you, you know, what you really need. I guess it's quite similar in a way of working with a consultant in a way, because it's exactly the same. You can have one marketing consultant who's highly specialized in content or someone else who's really, you know, and it's, and I guess it's just having that conversation and that match and that fit to actually really understand, I guess, what they do what you actually need and it's that does it do the two marry together right and that's kind of it it's a similar thing isn't it yeah and we're not magicians as coaches so (laughs) an interesting thing that I always do is say to somebody is, is explore whether or not the person is really ready to be coached because if you're not really interested in coaching um or at least changing then I'm coach I'm coaching you and we're always going to be at kind of laggerheads because we're always going to be a little bit like I'm pushing you to do something. You don't really want to do it. Yeah. You're not in that place. And and sometimes what it is that there's an exploration about whether it is you actually need coaching or maybe what you really need is mentoring or maybe what you really need is some training. Um, so it's also exploring some of those things before you before you jump and say, oh, I'll get the whole the whole team coached or I'll get the whole team trained in this it's what else can I do and how else can I really help people and I'm guessing from a team perspective you could all be at different stages or need different things right yeah, so totally. for a team you're not necessarily all going to need training or you're all going to yeah. be at different levels so yeah yeah having a more of a smorgasbord approach might actually be a yeah. <laughs> the kind but, of like, thing that I, you're asking like I'm doing um that I'm launching soon. So I'm doing some masterclasses that's married with coaching. And I think that format format kind of helps in that situation because you do pull out kind of the different things that people need hmm. in opposed to um, you know, just a blanket or oh, we'll just coach people. Yeah. Uh, it's really because because coaching is so intentional and it's looking towards moving people from A to B it has to have kind of a goal and a specific, yeah. you know, a, a specific route involved. And if that's not what you're in, if that's not what's in mind, then, then it's almost not, not going to yeah. be as helpful as you want it to be. You need something to work towards. And do you think that coaches need to understand your industry or are you more kind of, it's more about what they 
bring in terms of their expertise and leadership and, and, and coaching, that kind of thing? Is it more about that or actually understanding the world that you operate in? I always think understanding the world that you're operating in helps. Yeah. Um, I think that that does help. However, I, I do think it is about what, what you, what your end result is. So I talk about impact and influence. I talk about communication. Um, I talk about getting unstuck and so on. So, you know, I don't necessarily need to know the detail about construction, but I think a nice thing for me is that I actually understand that industry. Yeah. Um, one of the nice things is understanding people's personality within those different industries. So yeah. sometimes that helps, but, but no, I don't think you have to have a, a coach that's specifically around construction, although I think it does help. And some of the coaches that are specifically working for construction have developed tools or, um, ways of working that really work with, with the whole, uh, construction industry. So that's really amazing. I've met some that are are very specialist. Yeah. Um, I've met a couple that do that specialize. Yeah. yeah. You're right. It's really interesting because you're like, and it is, I kind of find like construction does have certain nuances in some ways, in some things, and you can't deny it. You're like, yeah, no one's going to understand that language. Um, or why that's structured like that, or why it works like that. Everyone's like, huh? Uh, all, the, all the personalities, to be honest, you know. It, it's, that's it's, true. But we're all different. And if we're in an industry, like PR people are really different. You know, we're all different. So it's 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 a nice thing to have spe- a few specialists in the mix. Okay, thank you. So that was the end of the coaching bit. And now we're going to move on to podcasting. Ah. Hey. <laughs> so in terms of podcasting, tell me about your podcast, Judy. Okay. <laughs> so um, I co-host a podcast with two other girls. Um, it's called Calm Edged Rebels. And um, we started this last year in I yeah probably in the middle of the pandemic so it was the summer similar to me yep yeah it was in the summer um and we did I guess the way how we started it I think I was saying this to you before that the way how we started this was just simply we talk a lot about a lot of things and <laughs> and you need an outlet <laughs> yes and we just thought oh why don't we just start a podcast with the three of us talking about the things that we talk about anyway and yeah. we're all three of us are um business people we own, all own our own businesses we're all consultants working within communication um we have different focuses um we all coach as well uh, to certain varying um, extents. Yeah. Um, and as a result, you know, we, we kind of work really well together and decided to start it and um, we haven't stopped. So we're on season four, we're about to go into season five next year. So that's quite exciting. How many episodes have you done, roughly? Well, I, I don't count it by episode. <laughs> so I can't. I All think right. about 12. Yeah, it's about 60, I guess, because it's 12. Sorry. <laughs> So it's 12 fours, uh, I think, about 12. About 12. It's four seasons. It's four seasons. And as part of that, we, um, and we'd always decided this, so we do a rom- comms retreat for ourselves. So it's a retreat where we get away, we review each other's businesses, we, we coach each other, we talk about 
how we can do things better, um, challenge each other as well. Uh, So so we're also doing that in the midst of the the podcast as well. (laughs) Interview people on the retreat. Just Uh, just, just because we have nothing else to do. So how has podcasting helped your business? Because I actually think people in the built environment should do it more. Oh my goodness, I do think they should. If for no other reason but to share thought and ideas and innovation, I think... I think for me, podcasting has been about just expressing yourself around the things that you care about that's important to you and so on. So so in terms of for the built environment, this is, to me, it's like gold dust. You know, if you can sit down and talk about some of the exciting things that are happening, some of even the challenges that you have with Climate change was massive. Yeah, yeah. with the build and no, but with the buildings and some of the innovation that's coming with buildings, and how the challenges around actually getting that delivered. I mean, yeah, I think it would be fascinating to hear some of those podcasts. But, but yeah, so I, I, I think podcasting has helped my business in that it certainly helped with my confidence. Yeah, personally. Um, and, and it's more of a marketing thing more than anything else. You don't really earn any money off podcasting. I think it's, it's networks. People get to understand a bit about what you, what you're, what you, what you're about, who you are, you know, how you think it's a really great way to just express the personality of the company, of the business. So if you think of it from even translating that to a built environment type company, it expresses what the brand is about. So I I love it from that perspective. I think it's, I, I do enjoy it. I like talking, <laughs> which, you know, it's not, so it's not hard. It's kind of like, yeah, I, I really enjoy chatting a lot. So that helps too. But, um, but it's also good that you get to express and explore some of the things that you, um, you're interested in. No, totally. And I have to admit, it's like, sometimes I get people who, when they, before they get in contact with me, they turn around and they'll be like, I've listened to this episode and that episode. And they start quoting it back to you before they I even know, that you. is freaky. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Lovely, yeah. but freaky too. And you're like, oh. yeah, I love it. I love it that people engage with it. But because when you're podcasting, you're doing it in the moment, a lot of yeah. the times you don't remember every single thing <laughs> that you say. And, and, and I'm always quite careful as much as I can be. Um, but you never, you never know. Um, everything that you're saying. And then when people quote things back to you, I, I find that quite daunting. It's like, wow, I said that? I actually sound sensible. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's quite amazing. It's like, wow, I didn't realise that I was, <laughs> I actually said something that clear. But um, anyway, um, but it's, it's really good um, that that there is something, when you, in this whole information age, I think this is probably the easiest piece of information to engage with when yeah. it comes to podcasts no I, I I love them as you know and yes. that's why I asked you to come on so we, for my final question so what one tip would you give to a business leader or communicator in the built environment mm. to see them into 2022 <gasps> Gosh, that's a huge one. It is a huge one. I just thought of it as like a slight amend of my normal question. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I it's, it's quite interesting because I'm pulling together a little event around um, internal comms. It's, it's a communication event. 
looking at what the priorities are or will be for 2021 and sorry 2022 (laughs) and and it's it's one of those things that I my first piece of advice to anybody is I think you need to reflect a little bit yeah take take a moment (laughs) and consider things like where you want to go um what's next for you as an individual and and what you want to achieve so it's almost like coming up with a couple of the goals that are there yeah um because I think next year because we've been you know through all of what we've been through people will want to go very fast next year and so there's that feeling of being Just a bit rushing lost. yeah yeah being a bit lost in yeah. the rush yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so I I think there's a, a perhaps a slowing down that would be beneficial at this time as you prepare for the rest of it. Uh, The priorities, I think, are to be incredibly sharper. People, employees are a little bit unsure of whether they're staying with companies. Um, So in order to keep your people, I think it's really important to look at your engagement, look at how you're connecting with your people um, and to consider ways of doing that better. Yeah. If uh, people haven't been engaging very much, um, consider where you want to go with that. And, and you know, again, another big thing I always talk about is purpose and getting some of that straight and clear, you know, how are your people engaging with the purpose of the organization? Yeah. Do they understand it? Do they know the part they play in it? Are you able to, to be yourself within the whole of that? And, and so there's there's a whole kind of looking at being intentional through your purpose, being clear about what you want to achieve. And I think that will set people up in a better, stronger place. Yeah. Uh, because I do think it's going to be a continued year of change. Um, we've got economy, security, um, climate, <laughs> pandemic, you know, when you what think small of, issues, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the issues facing us are huge. And so, you know, the steadier you can be as an organization and with your people, yeah. the better you're going to be in the better position you're going to be in, the more you can bring some stability and, and I think if you if you think about it, because of all of the variables that are unsure, if as a company you can come across as really sure and you're really set about what's happening next, as far as you can take that, because oh, yeah. a lot is variable, that will put you in good stead. So being clear about, I guess, the stuff that you own, what you can kind of define exactly. and say that, right? Things that you can control. Yeah can't control everything but the things that you can control the things that come under your remit once there's an understanding of how you're interfacing with that and what you're going to do about it and being decisive and then you make sure that you take your people with you through communication i think that will help a huge amount brilliant thank you so much trudy i really enjoyed this interview thank you yeah it's great chatting to you too thank you take care Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of Marketing in Times of Recovery. And I'm your host, Iowa Bass. If you want to find out more about the bi-weekly show, do check out the show notes, which will give you more information about who the guests are and all the things we've covered. 
Uh, and if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on an episode. Until next time. Bye. Bye.